0: Hello guys! Thanks for tuning in and listening to this most special of NTT20 Christmas content. It's the mid-season report card slash review, and it's George Ellick and it's Ali Maxwell. And what we're doing is we're going through each team in alphabetical order. We're giving them a rating out of ten based on how we think the first half of the season has gone. We're saying some things about what we've liked, what we haven't liked. And then we're predicting whether they'll finish higher or lower come may we hope that you enjoy this while you're having a great time with your family we're also having a good time with our family this christmas and so we've pre-recorded this content that might mean that one or two results have happened in between us recording this and you listening to it confusing i know but just give us a little bit of leeway when we talk about where a team's exact position is and how we think they're getting on Some things might have changed in a very small way, but we think it will still stack up. Enjoy the pod. George, start me off.
1: You're very perky.
0: Yes, I'm enjoying this marathon (laughs) session of Christmas content recording, (laughs) and I'm not afraid to say it. George, start me off with a Barnsley team who are bottom of the championship. I was going to say with the worst defensive record, but somehow Luton have conceded 46 to Barnsley's 45. Talk me through Barnsley's first half of the season.
1: I'm going to give Barnsley a four. Um, That's quite a perky start from you. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I wrote a, I wrote an, an article about it a few weeks ago um, for The Athletic, uh, www.theathletic.co.uk forward slash NTT20 for either a week free trial or half price nice. for your uh, first year. Great website. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, so I wrote an article for them about the the... the gap in quality between League One and the Championship so therefore we need to when appraising Barnsley, Luton and Charlton we have to remember that they are um, swimming upstream to start with and if uh, you asked me this question on Barnsley a month ago I think they probably would have got a two Um, but the appointment of Gerhard Struber has already brought about a massively um, you know improved set of performances they um, we're very unlucky not to beat Reading, um, and again they drew one all. They then dispatched QPR 5-3. They look like I mean they're still playing the attacking brand of football that we've um, come to know and expect from them. Under, and love under uh, and love and love under Daniel Stendel, and um, you know they underwent a difficult time under Adam Murray, who did a, a laudable job in the circumstances, and they were d- unlucky not to pick up. Um, a couple of wins in the meantime. They get a four, I mean, they've only won um, three games this season, uh, the opening day against Fulham, and then the 3-1 win against Hull, and then that 5-3 win against QPR. But, you know, it's another occasion where if Barnsley can somehow get themselves into 21st position and and stay up, they would get a seven. And so they've gone from a two to a four under Struber because they're getting closer. And if they can maintain that level and get, Towards you know survival, then it'll keep going up. And I think they will do. I think Struber's gonna do a brilliant job. They need to keep a hold of Woodrow in January, because I'm sure there'll be there'll be teams after him, especially as he's displaying a an ability to not only play as a striker but also as a kind of creative number ten as well. Um, but if they do that, there are enough poor teams down there that I think they will improve. So I'm saying higher.
0: Some impressive early season performances. Firstly, from Toby Sibic, who started the season well, although has faded somewhat in the last few weeks and months. But in midfield and up front, you know, they have been quite impressive. Their goal record is decent. And that's in part thanks to Alex Moat and the amount of work that he gets done in, in the centre of midfield, both creatively but also scrapping. Uh, and then in, in more recent weeks, this front three of Woodrow behind Brown and Chaplin, um they are proving to be quite the handful for championship defenses. so plenty to enjoy. I agree with everything you said. and I agree that they won't finish twenty fourth. Birmingham next, Birmingham under Pep Clotet. He wasn't appointed full time till about 20 games into the season, which was slightly peculiar as we record their 15th on twenty eight points from twenty two games. They're a peculiar team to try and analyse because they've certainly had some performances this season uh, and a revamped style of play that have led to a fair amount of positivity from the fans, especially as they undergo somewhat of an evolution in terms of squad uh, from a a, a Monk squad to a Clotet squad with uh, a couple more flair players, uh, with Jude Bellingham in the mix starting almost every game, uh, a couple more creative players and possibly losing a little bit on the defensive end, I think it's fair to say. Um, there have been games where they've given up far too many chances, and that will be a, a concern for clotte going forward. They're not quite good enough on the attacking end just yet to make up for that. So that reflects their, their position of 15th fairly well. I can't exactly remember where we had Birmingham in our preseason predictions, but I'm pretty sure it was lower than 15th. So I'm not going to give less than a 6 out of 10 for this Birmingham position as they are right now. In fact, a a 6 represents fairly well how I feel. Looking at the teams above them in the table, I find it difficult to imagine them getting much higher than their current league position unless they improve massively between now and the end of the season. I also don't for a minute think that they are a relegation candidate, although one very bad run of form Uh, could certainly set the nerves a jangling. So I'm going to say Birmingham might stay where they are, potentially drop one or two places. Uh, But I think there's some positivity in what we've seen this season. And given another half-decent transfer window or two, this Birmingham side could look very different this time next year, for example. Blackburn are ninth under Tony Mowbray. They've undergone a brilliant run of form immediately prior to this recording. Five wins and a draw in their last six games. For Blackburn to be ninth George and well within touching distance of the playoffs, what does that lead you to give them out of ten
1: probably in, i mean it's hard to say now because we we're, we're evaluating them at a very high level i mean it's at the end of a could go either way from <clears> here, a, of, right? a, of a fantastic <laughs> run, but you, I think you have to say eight as it stands yeah um, you know they're in ninth position they you know, it, they've had one season of, of consolidation, to use the cliche, back in the championship after um, the promotion season in, in League One. Uh, and Tony Mowbray has them absolutely firing at the moment. Um, they are, look a team who are uh, really well set up. Um, they've got quality. You know, it's, it's the. I mean, Dak is the one who gets the headlines. Um, he's scored nine goals uh, already this season, but. I would say it's probably the defence where you've got to be really impressed. I mean, Darryl Lenehan's been an absolute rock for them for, for a couple of years now. Um, Tosin adara has been magnificent coming in on loan from uh, from Man City. That's magnificent pronunciation. Keep Thank, going. Thanks very much. I was practising earlier. Um, and Derek Williams is another one who's who's really impressed. They, they are just a team who, they're kind of the no, non-frills, no-frills championship side who... You're suddenly going to wake up and in, in May and realise they're in the playoffs, and no one quite realised it was going to happen. Um, I'm a big fan of Mowbray as well. I always have been. I think he's he's done at least a a, a solid job in in most of his um, his uh, jobs so far. Um, having just said though, <laughs> that- I'm just
0: enjoying the non-frills. Non-frills feels like a French. Term. Je, je n'ai pas de fil. What before we get into loads of other teams here and specifically talking about Blackburn, let's make quite a large statement of fact Volant is that French. there are four points between Preston in third and Millwall in 11th. There are only seven points between Preston in third and Hull in 14th. That is 12 teams worth between seven points. I mean, it makes this part of the table qu- quite difficult, both, well, mostly difficult to predict. But also difficult to vary too much in how you think teams are
1: doing. That's our job, mate. Oh yeah. So that's what we've got to do. And I'm going to say, you know, purely because we're we're evaluating Blackburn at the end of a run that's going to come to an end fairly soon, I'm going to say lower. But I I, I love what they're doing. I love Mowbray. I Have massive respect for their team. Um, and they've you know eight out of ten so far for this season is is a great effort.
0: We thought Brentford would be quite good, shock horror, uh, pre-season, and it turns out they are quite good. Uh, They're in fourth as we record and they're very much towards the top of that pack that I've just spoken about. And no secret that we don't think this is some sort of fluke. We do think that this is the sort of thing that can continue. And we also think that, certainly based on the underlying numbers, this Brentford team are the best of the rest behind West Brom and Leeds. They started the season poorly. Uh, They lost three of their first five games, all of them by one goal to nil. And it took a long time for the offence to start firing. I think in their first eight games, they failed to score in five of them. But Benrama, Watkins, Mbomo, with Jensen, De Silva, feeding them behind, with Rico Henry, a creative wingback, back Dalsgaard, slightly less so on the other side. The attacking unit has started to purr. Uh, they're on 33 goals now, one and a half per game. And if you look over the last... games or so you can see that they're trending upwards in that regard what sets them apart from previous Brentford teams is how good they are defensively Uh, surprisingly so I think it's fair to say and full credit for Thomas Frank for getting a tune out of this team defensively in a way that Dean Smith never could they concede only uh, the only team that concede fewer goals I should say is Leeds Uh, they keep a lot of clean sheets especially at home and things bode very well for Brentford I think because of the poor start to the season, it's difficult to give them any more than an, a seven or an eight because we, we had fairly high yeah. expectations for, for them. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to say seven, to be quite honest, with the acknowledgement that it could be, it could look like an eight or an, a nine in about a month's time. Um, but they've got a, a, a tricky run of fixtures coming up over the Christmas period. Games coming thick and fast. I, I went to their game against Cardiff the other day. And their bench was filled with B-team players. So they're not a team with a huge amount of of depth. Um, And therefore, we don't know exactly how far this squad can take them. With the the usual transfer rumours in January, we don't think they will need to sell anyone, but you never know. The interesting question is, because they're fourth, higher the same or lower? Because I think it's higher, but I think that represents our feeling that they might be the third best team in the division, rather than necessarily challenging West Brom and Leeds. George, just to check, you happy with me saying higher for y- Brentford, with the caveat that I'm, I basically mean third?
1: Yeah, yeah, and when we'll get onto it later, but if there is a team to, to challenge those two, I think it'll be them.
0: Okay, and Bristol City are up next. They're in seventh place, one point behind Brentford, 35 from their 22 games. Recency bias dictates that we must mention they lost their last two home games against Millwall and Blackburn, which the fans were pretty upset with. Where do you think this Bristol City team
1: is at in terms of first half of the season rating out of 10? I'll give them a 7 out of 10, 7 for 7th. Uh, a team with um, promotion you know, aspirations, but not expectations, who have started the season very well. They were given a cruel piece of luck, dealt a hard blow when they... Um, when they uh, when Fobe got injured uh, for the season early on, uh, who started his career, they really, really well. and that they, they you know haven't really been able to replace the goals that they have uh, have been missing from him. Um, I've had concerns for a lot of the season about Bristol City. you know, we both saw them live a few times early on in the season, um, and even kind of the most recent time. Uh, on live on sky when they drew to all with with Barnsley Barnsley were largely the better team and you know some of the results we've seen recently aren't a massive surprise because of that um the the two home defeats to millwall and blackburn um the 4-1 defeat at uh, west brom as well signs that maybe that early season optimism and the early season form isn't quite um I mean any thoughts they may be knocking on the door of the automatic promotion places are probably uh, unfounded. I think they were running a little bit hot earlier in the season and, and that's now come to fruition. In terms of higher or lower, um, I, I don't think they're a, they're a playoff team. Um, I think they're going to finish lower. OK, Cardiff are up
0: next. Cardiff are five places below Bristol City, but only three points behind them. They're in 12th and I think that represents how congested uh, this league is in the winter months, as we record. And they've had a strange old season, Cardiff. They came down from the Premier League where they'd spent one season, battled bravely against relegation and we wondered whether, given they didn't change much about the squad, they didn't change the manager, everyone seemed fairly level-headed and no one seemed particularly hysterical about that relegation, which is sometimes the case with other relegated Premier League teams. We wondered whether Warnock might be able to get them going again and mount another promotion challenge like he did last time at this level. But... When they were firmly mid-table, even bottom half of the table, after 15 games or so, uh, Warnock, which is completely his right at his age and with his body of work behind him, decided that it wasn't really the one for him to to try and go through uh, another year or two of that. So he's left. And under Neil Harris, they've done remarkably well, to be quite honest. His early record has been very, very good. Uh, They won three games in a row against Stoke Forest and Barnsley. Uh, Then they came up short against Brentford, losing that game before an amazing turnaround at at Ellen Road in a game where they were comfortably second best for the most part. So they're in 12th and and I would say they're one of the more interesting teams to try and predict. Harris's early results point to an uptick in in fortunes, um, but they might hit a bit of a wall. Defensively, they're not nearly as good as you might expect this Cardiff side to be given what we knew about them under Warnock. They've conceded 23 away goals, which is just under two per game, which is not good enough. At home, just under one goal per game, which is about right and which should be good enough to, to keep their home form pretty good. So they do have some frailties at the back. And going forward, Harris has made them a little more dynamic, still relatively direct. And although he's getting a lot out of Tomlin at the moment, I think it's difficult to predict that Tomlin is going to feature in all of the rest of the season and star to quite the same extent as he has in the last few weeks that might be completely wrong but this is just based on on his availability in the last few years so they're an interesting team to to try and predict i would say with them in 12th at this stage of the season that it's no better really than a five out of ten maybe a six out of ten if you look at the points total because league position is slightly misleading in this league I'll give them a six out of ten, up from five a few weeks ago, um, because we did expect them to be challenging a bit higher than this. But they're very much in touch with uh, with third place. And I think I expect them... I certainly don't think they'll go lower than this, personally, Cardiff. I think 12th is about right.
1: Yeah, I think that I would I would lean towards higher than lower. Um I'm not necessarily a big Neil Harris fan, but it's important to remember just how much they were underachieving under Neil Warnock beforehand. This is one of the favourites for promotion at the beginning of the season and a team who... Um, Maybe six out of ten is too nice. Uh,
0: Maybe we should say five. Possibly five, Let's
1: yeah. let Again, recency bias would suggest that they deserve a bit of a boost under, you know, given the form under the new manager. But I have some concerns as well. It's just, you know, if you're looking at the teams that are currently immediately below them, Um, You have uh, QPR, Hull, Birmingham, Derby, Charlton. I personally can't really see why any of those teams, maybe with the exception of QPR and Hull, maybe um, would finish above them. And yet there are a few teams above them that I could see them going past.
0: Okay, let's go higher for for Cardiff
1: then. Charlton next up,
0: a mark out of 10 is... Nine. Pretty difficult for Charlton, don't you think? Eight or nine, I'd say. Yeah, I suppose... You have to overview, don't you? Look yeah. at the points tally, twenty-four from twenty-two games.
1: Again, if they finish twenty-first this season, then then you know the job done there is one of the best in the in the EFL. Don't let the, the start of the season um, sway you. Don't also let the fact that Lee Bowyer says he doesn't think they're going to be in a relegation relegation battle sway you either, because they have they the sl-
0: are on a run of ten without a win. Is nine out of ten too much for that?
1: Well, give it eight then. Eight. I'm not having any less than that. I'm afraid. Okay. Um, because they should they should be in the relegation zone. Their budget is is tiny. They've lost they lost key players. Um, the news today that Lala Taylor's rejected new contract, so we can probably expect him to move on as well. Although they've they've had the majority of the season without him anyway. Um, yeah, I, I think the job they're doing is brilliant, and if they can stay up, that would be a massive job well done and a big. Um, you know, plus for, for Lee Bowyer and his staff in the job that they've done. They're going to have their work cut out. The current run of form is is pretty poor. We saw them um, draw to all with Hull uh, last weekend, last Friday, and they were very, very good. Um, you have to say, I mean, I, I mm. was really impressed with them still. They, they always look quite good, don't they? Yeah, well, I, I think there were a few occasions in this losing run where they didn't really look that good. Mm. Um, Sheffield Wednesday really yeah. turned the screw on them um, a, cu- a couple of weeks ago as well. The, the defeat at Luton two um it's going to be difficult for them to say up but but at the same time i mean i'm I'm gonna say lower in terms of where they're gonna finish um and i think that yeah just the the, despite the really really strong start the aim has to be just to stay up derby county 16th in the championship
0: what does that represent out of 10 three yeah yeah three or four Mm. i think it has to be
1: yeah, a very difficult job for Philippe Koku to come into, um, given, you know, the the loss of Mount Wilson to Morey, uh And, you know, except for the, the you know, the purchase of, of Bielik. Um, I think they will be not a massive fans issue. of most other championship
0: teams with their tiny violins out here, regardless of a loss of a few lone players. They also bought Christian Bielik, as yeah, you say, for 10 million yeah. quid.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, but losing... Premier League quality players, as we now know that they are. I mean, you've Fair. got you've got two guys who are playing regularly in the Champions League now. And, two guy, yeah, two guys. You're in the wrong decade, mate. I know. Um, two, that's my joke. Uh, two guys um, playing Champions League football and performing well at that level. You've got Harry Wilson, who's already on six or seven goals in the Premier League for for Bournemouth. Um, you know, it's it's uh, and and Frank Lampard's departure as well, seemingly. Um, you know, is is a big loss. They've got Rooney coming in fairly soon. What impact that has, I have no idea. But what I do know is this, derby, this is a Derby team who are pretty devoid of quality um, in every aspect. Richard Keogh's um, you know, no longer playing for them at centre-back, which is a blow, irrespective of the reasons why it's happened. Um, you know, the, the front four of Waghorn, Holmes, Lawrence or Martin or whoever else, or Jozef Soon, whoever's going to play there isn't really good enough. Bielik's struggling to make an impact. The lone signing of Dowell has been... Dower and how he's not really making an impact either. Bogle's uh, performance levels are much down on last season. It's hard to be positive about anything really. And the only thing that Derby fans and Koku, in my opinion, can hope for is they see something of an improvement in the second half to make sure that they the drop zone's kept at arm's length.
0: Yeah, they're 10 places down from where they finished last season. So clearly a, a difficult first half of the season for Derby and for their fans. As for higher or lower, I'm going to say the same. I think 16th is about right for this Derby side. Um, and, and and where they're at right now. When I look at the teams below them, I don't see many of them getting above Derby, but equally looking at the teams above them, I, I, I just feel like, and this isn't the case for many teams after 22 games, I think that's about Derby's level. I think it's about right, uh, 16 out of 24, and, uh, and that's where I think they will stay more or less. Fulham are up next. Fulham are sixth in the table. Fulham relegated from the Premier League, Kept a large part of the squad, including Alexander Mitrovic, the league's top goal scorer, including Tom Kearney, Ream and Mawson. But they're only sixth in the table and they are a long way off the top two. It was made clear by their CEO, I think. The CEO is Tony Khan, or whatever his job title is. He made it pretty clear in a podcast in the summer that promotion was their goal automatically, ideally, that that to me is, is gone unless they put together a run of form to match two years ago, which should not be expected. That, that sort of run of wins is not the norm. That is very much the ex- exception. So, out of 10, first half of the season for Fulham, it's not a complete disaster. I think anything less than five would be massive overreaction to the last few games. I think anything more than six would be, uh, would be generous. So, yeah, I'm happy with a five or a six.
1: I think I think, I, I think a sixth, six for sixth. Again, they're on the back of a re- <laughs> You're just looking at the league position. They're on a really and bad. And if that number s- is <laughs> subliminal messaging, they're on a bad run of form at the moment. Can't um, wait for West Brom to get a one.
0: No, I'm joking. I imagine keep going on. Who's fully. fifth?
1: Um, yeah, I think I think they're 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 at they're either in the middle of or at the end of, and hopefully for them, not at the beginning of a a really poor run. Um, and they're currently in, in a playoff position, which isn't a disaster. Uh, it's really troubling to see, you know, if we had done this three games ago, they'd have got a seven or an eight. So uh it's troubling to see the, the the fans starting to lose lose faith in Scott Parker and um and the performances have been really poor. Uh and you know, there are side who personally I, I'm I'm not gonna say higher because I don't really see any evidence not as, to, say higher. as to why they should be. I reckon they'll finish about where they are now, personally. So Without without a change, I think if they if they made a, you know if they made a managerial change and, and you know brought in a, a top tier coach, then that might be different. But at the moment, if we, if we're working on the assumption that Sheffield Wednesday aren't going to get a point deduction, which I don't know what we're going to do when we get there, um, I think Brentford will finish above them. Um, yeah, I think I think I think fifth or sixth, personally. Okay,
0: all right, nice. Moving on now to Huddersfield Town. I mean, this this could have been very low, couldn't it? At one point, I was getting quite concerned about Huddersfield. And then the Cowley brothers have come in, and there's been a, a renaissance, I think it's fair to say. They have moved away from the relegation zone. They're in 19th place, 22 points from 22 games, but clearly with a better record since the Cowleys arrived than before that, where they didn't win a game until the 1st of October. So how would you rank, out of 10, the first half of Huddersfield Town season? Four. Four.
1: Yeah, probably a, a one under Jan Sievert. Mm. Um, and then it's on the rise under under the Cowleys. Um, a 400% rise. A 400%. Rise. <laughs> Incredible <laughs> yeah. results. Yeah, I mean, that's what the Cowleys bring you. Um, well, I think it's important to point out as well that, you know, the the Cowleys did a brilliant job to start with when they first came in. But they are, in their last uh, six games, they've won just the one and, and lost two of them. mm um, sorry, that's yeah, seven games. They've lost three, drawn three to 1-1. One, one. So things aren't looking that sunny over in Huddersfield at the moment. And they're not, they're not out of the woods yet, I would have to say as well.
0: Okay. So four out of 10 for the first half of the season. Not out of the woods yet. What does that mean for a team in 19th place? Do you think they're good enough
1: to get higher? Yeah, I do. I, I think that one of the key issues at Huddersfield was, this season was personnel. A lot of players, I think, weren't, you know, in a kind of Stokes syndrome, didn't really fancy it, weren't really up to the challenge that they faced. Um, and as I've said before, despite a couple of Huddersfield fans getting weirdly defensive about it um, ever since, um, Stuart Webber left the club, the recruitment's been shocking and uh, the club has been um, heading one way. Uh, you expect, I'd expect that to change in the summer, sorry, in January. I think that the Cowleys, who have already, I think, told a fair few of their squad that they're up for up for sale, next month I'm sure we'll see some uh, personnel changes to fit exactly the way that they want to play and the results should improve so so yeah, I would say higher so definitely not lower May, probably higher maybe around the same sort of thing Higher, higher.
0: Carlin Grant's been wonderful Janinho Bakuna much improved under the Cowley brothers uh, n- not too many other standout players I would suggest Schindler uh, solid as ever at the back and Lewis O'Brien emerging in midfield as a as a really good uh, player, both in terms of, of his ability pressing off the ball, but also with a quality left foot on it. Bradford fans will know exactly what I'm talking about after his loan spell there last season. But it feels like the squad needs an upgrade. It feels like this is going to be a, a slow burner, potentially, over the next year or so under the Cowleys. But the right decision was made eventually. And, uh, and they're looking upwards. Hull now. Hull are in 14th place, which feels... About right for a Hull side that have been inconsistent, I think it's fair to say. At times, very, very good. Notably, wins away at Nottingham Forest, away at Fulham, beating Preston very handily. Uh, They've had some some good times this season and they're enjoying another uh, billboard season from one of the Championship's best goal scorers, Jared Bowen. In terms of a rating out of 10, I think I was more concerned about Hull than... 14th with 30 points from 22 games not looking in any way threatened by relegation so I'm happy to give them a 7 out of 10 here the inconsistency that they've shown is probably not surprising with a manager in McCann who's managing at this level for the first time maybe I'm ignoring some of the negatives but where I used to think they were horrendous defensively they've got a bit better not not loads better but a bit better in midfield, I've been pleasantly surprised with De Silva Lopez and the way he's growing into into his role there. He's still only 21, which seems ridiculous. Uh, and up front, Bowen's doing the business, Grisicki on and off uh, and not getting a huge amount of help elsewhere. So I'm happy to give them 7 out of 10, 6 or 7 out of 10. In terms of higher or lower, George, to me, and this is where I hope you tell me I'm wrong because it's boring, it feels to me like Hullerb pretty much where they should be in 14th. Yeah. I don't see a huge <coughs> fluctuation either way.
1: No, I was put off them um, on Friday. Not that one game should really impact you that much but I was disappointed with how they um, were set up uh, on Friday against the Charlton team that were there for the taking. Uh, I think that Tommy is, you know, he's a trier but he's not of the, of the right quality to be playing up top for them consistently and they are so reliant on Jared Bowen um, that yeah, it's hard to, to convincingly make a, make a case of them finishing any higher than 14th.
0: Talk me through
1: Leeds United. Just to recap, on Hull there, we're
0: basically saying the same. <laughs> and, and we're allowed to have a couple of those. Yeah. Talk to me about Leeds United. They're second at the moment, two points behind West Brom as we record, 10 points ahead of third place. Heavy favourites for promotion, very short odds for promotion and generally playing quite well. How do you think that rates out of 10 if I showed you this back in August? Eight,
1: I think. I think eight. I I mean, the fact that they were heavy favourites to win the league, that they were so good last season and and should have gone up except for some moments of human error. Um, So more of the same, uh, probably a a slightly improved performance on last season means you've got to rank them pretty highly. Um, And... You know, they're currently in second position, they're currently headed for promotion, they're not in top spot yet, they've still thrown away so many points. I mean, it's, it's crazy to say about a team who have only dropped points in eight games, five draws and three defeats, but how many of those eight should they have won? I mean, the, a, a majority of them. Um, you know, Most recent in the memory is the 3-0 uh, lead that they squandered against Cardiff. So... Yeah, I'm going to give them an 8. They're my champions still. I still think that they're going to have enough um, over the course of the season to get them over the line. Uh, we'll get on to West Brom a bit later, but there are a couple of bits and bobs about them that makes me think that they probably had their good spell and they do a bad one. I think that Leeds, as I say, have already dropped more points than they, than they deserve to have done so. Um, so 8 at the moment, it'll be, it'll be a 10 when they get back up to the Premier League um, and if, if, if they can do so in top spot. Um, but you've just got to continue to be incredibly impressed by the elite team in the championship
0: i really like the use of human error there as if which sometimes it does feel like this team of bielsa's mm. is filled with robots on speed that is how they play that style of play which we love watching and we think elevates them from being a good team to, to a great one at this level um lots to be impressed with uh, Individual performances, Calvin Phillips maintains his high level of play. Uh, Bamford has had an interesting up and down season, I think it's fair to say. But the likes of Pablo, when he's been fit, uh, continues to defy his increasing years. Uh, The the versatility of Ayling and Dallas, uh, I've spoken about a fair few times on the pod as being something I love about this team. But Ben White is probably the start on loan from Brighton. Just an unbelievable bit of recruitment. Uh, after a spell at Newport and a spell at Peterborough, Leeds knew he was the one to replace Janssen and not just replace him but but possibly improve on the team. So uh, a pretty positive vibes about Leeds I would suggest. Just a quick pause from the mid-season reports, guys, to really flag up a couple of pieces that are currently on the Athletic site, the Athletic app as well. Um, Two very interesting and thought-provoking pieces from the Athletic's excellent football writers. One of them is Stuart James. Uh, The article is called, Are Standards Slipping in the Championship's Financial Madhouse?, There's a few different parts to this, but ultimately trying to ask the question, is the championship actually any good this season? Uh, And starting to delve into the reasons why certain teams seem to have taken a step backwards. And then Matt Slater who is a fantastic investigative sports journalist. He's written about the fact that several League One clubs are considering legal action against the EFL over insufficient punishments for Bolton Wanderers for registering players late at the start of the season. League One, such a tumultuous division this season. Both of those articles are informative, interesting, well-written, of course. And that's really what you get from The Athletic, who sponsor us this season. As well as the odd piece from George and I, there is so, so much more from... Really the best stable of football writers that you'll find online uh, and potentially anywhere in the world. So uh, if you haven't signed up for The Athletic, a reminder that if you go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash NTT20, uh, you'll get a seven day free trial and 50% off going forward if you decide to maintain your subscription. Uh, it could be a good Christmas gift if there's anyone you know for whom you think quality football writing is uh, is important, is something that they'd be interested in, then do head to theathletic.co.uk forward slash NTT20 uh, in order to sign up for that free trial and 50% off. Uh, and Luton, probably... Well, it's an interesting one, this. They're promoted from League One last season. They lost to... Incredibly influential players, both in terms of their own quality, and I'm talking about Stacy and Justin, but also the importance within that side, which couldn't be overstated, was very clear when you watched them, was clear in their numbers, both as a defensive unit, which they were a big part of, but also their numbers going forward. It didn't look to us like at the start of the season they'd adequately replace them. And no surprise to see that Certainly in recent weeks, they are having a tough time. Uh, In their last 10 games, they've lost eight games. They've won two at home to Charlton and Wigan. And thank goodness they won those games because otherwise, this could have been one of the most miserable runs of results we've seen. What I want to know. And they
1: very nearly lost the the Wigan game. They're 1 0 down with five minutes to go there.
0: Quite. What I want to ask you is they are still outside of the relegation zone. Are they a team for whom we would say survival is the only objective and can be considered a great success. In which case what what do you Well before the season. Mm. Any of those promoted teams given the gap that you've written about.
1: Yeah, you have to you have to judge them alongside Barnsley.
0: So where are they out of ten in twenty first, just outside,
1: with twenty points from twenty two games? Five? feels generous but you know you have to judge them I mean again but this is the bias that comes into it because I mean they have lost Barnsley have lost 12 games Luton have lost 14 games but crucially they've won six games and that's Mm. the important thing Mm. um so you've got to judge them right now as as you know fifth if they finish the season in 21st that would be a job well done it would be a seven or an eight um because the objective has to be to stay up my only concern—they don't have a particularly good squad. Well, my only concern is—is—is is, is just the—the the means by which they—they they are staying up doesn't feel sustainable. You could see Barnsley staying up under Gerhard Struber and building on that performance from into next season, just as as Blackburn have done so this season. For Luton, I mean, yeah, losing fourteen games of twenty-two um, with a with a fairly, you know, not a particularly good squad, no real discernible style of play. I'd be concerned about them next season, but but as it stands um in in 21st, they are keeping their head above water. I personally think that I'm gonna say lower. I think they're gonna end up in the relegation zone. I think it's if, if you're looking at their record so far this season where they have won or drawn eight games and lost fourteen games, I the ratio that I imagine to stay fairly constant will be the, the loss ratio because they are dominated in a lot of games and I don't have much faith in Graham Jones having the tactical now to to get them out of the sticky situation.
0: Well as always there's the caveat of a change of manager is an option for them. Of course. It's an option they may take and it's an option that, that can have one of two effects.
1: I'm, I'm, and we're going to get onto the teams, you know, we've spoken about Barnsley who are one team below them. We've said higher. There are two other teams below them who are going to get onto. And I would say that those two teams have a hell of a lot more going for them than Luton do.
0: Fine. So we're saying lower there for yeah. Luton. Yes. Sorry, Luton fans. Uh, Middlesbrough up next. Middlesbrough only one point above and one place above Luton. They had a miserable start to the campaign. Um, They beat Wigan 1-0 and Reading 1-0. Those were their two victories before the 27th of November, which is something like their 18th game, that was. Since then, they've had a 1-0 win against Barnsley and a 1-0 win against Charlton. That's Wigan, Reading, Barnsley and Charlton. Their four wins, all 1-0, all at home. Not a single victory outside of that. No wins away from home. No wins against any team above 17th. A really difficult situation in which they, having lost their parachute payments, simply have to cut costs, by which I mean the wage bill. And they need to do that in order to remain anywhere near sustainable, which in this division is is a bit of a ridiculous word. But what that means is veteran established players in this team who we recognise wearing Middlesbrough red for four or five years or so are being ushered out of the door, are being offered contracts on a much reduced wage, which, you know, as you can imagine, is not going down that well. And there's been plenty of reports that that has been a tricky, shall we say, part of the, the squad's atmosphere. At the same time, they've got a lot of young players, many of whom were signed in the summer, some of them involved and performing. The likes of Marcus Tavernier has done well in recent weeks. Uh, Lewis Wing, who we forget is only 24 and only came to EFL football fairly recently, is another part of this team. A lot of the summer additions, by which I mean Steel, Brown and Boller, are notable for their lack of impact on this Middlesbrough side. And that is a bit of an issue when you've also got players who are senior players who are also making making less of an impact you can see where the troubles are coming from for Jonathan Woodgate they've only scored 19 goals 0.86 per game less than a goal a game it's not good enough and I think it's a I think it's probably a a 2 out of 10 start to the season I would have lent towards 3 or 4 until I realised the only games they've won are those narrow home wins against poor opposition they're they're finding it so difficult to beat anyone else. And I just think that really reflects badly on, on the club. We didn't expect them to be down this far. We knew it was going to be a period of transition, but I think we thought they had enough quality to remain mid-table while making that transition. So a, a really poor start to the season for Middlesbrough. Tomorrow night, after we record, they'll play Stoke. The result of that game will be very, very impactful for either side or for both teams. Uh, as for higher or lower... We just spoke about Luton, who are one point behind them. We said we thought Barnsley might get higher, and you've hinted that Wigan and Stoke might get higher. Does that make you concerned for Middlesbrough as well?
1: Yeah, it does. Um, and it's it's yeah difficult to kind of understand what that would mean for a club who are already having to cut costs pretty quickly. What a relegation to League One would do, um, but for the same for similar reasons as Luton, it's hard to have much faith in in Jonathan Woodgate to be the man to turn it around. And four wins from twenty two is. It's shocking, um, and it doesn't get much easier with a six-pointer on Friday night, which you guys will know the result of, um, but which we'll be watching live on Sky. Uh, and if they go down there, then things are going to get very, very nasty.
0: Something quite fun about recording this, knowing that that match, which we've both it's, it's happened, has already happened. It's happened. And the result could make us look quite silly if they've won like 3-0.
1: Or could make us look genius if they've lost We just really won't it. put it out if not. Um, but one manager who has made a difference, Ali, who has made a difference, Gareth Rowett.
0: Ooh, Gareth
1: Rowett. Fr- what a difference. Friend Fr- of the pod, I think we can say as well. Yeah, he's doing an absolutely unbelievable
0: job so far with Millwall. Uh, they've won four of their last seven. The three that they didn't win, they drew. They've beaten Derby and Bristol City away from home just before we're recording. So there is absolutely a chance of some recency bias here but they're 11th in the table a team who I think under Neil Harris I think we felt that it was going to be difficult this season to replicate the form from their first season in the championship given how horrendous their second season was a season that for many other teams in different years would have ended in relegation Uh, the second half of the campaign was tremendously bad the start of this campaign was even worse uh, they were struggling to pick up wins they were struggling to keep clean sheets which was always something that was quite important for them because they've never been a particularly good attacking team except now they are a, a, a good attacking team not not a top level one not a top level one but they're a lot better under Rowick than they were before how long that lasts and whether it's a new manager bounce that might last a month or two and they might start regressing a little bit to the mean that remains to be seen but He seems to have found a system, crucially that the fans are accepting of because the results are coming, but it's a five at the back system and it's a system that allows them to be more solid than they were under Harris and much better going forward than they were. A big part of that we cannot ignore is the performances of Jed Wallace, who is so impactful for them with the ball at his feet, with his pace and energy, his ability to beat a man his directness which defences just hate his record is ridiculous over the last few months and he's obviously a big reason why they've been in such good form i think for them to be 11th on 33 points from 22 games well clear at this stage of the relegation zone to the extent that it's very difficult to imagine them getting sucked in i would consider that a success for them because i was worried about them so i'm going to give them an eight out of ten which only a few weeks ago could have been a a 5 or a 6 to be honest that's the impact that I think Rowett's had at the same time do I see them getting much higher than 11th not necessarily I still don't know to be honest what what to expect with this team over the next 24 games I don't know how much to read into what's happened so far under Rowett and how much to extrapolate that over another 5 months of the season I'm interested to know what do you think about the higher or lower aspect of this?
1: I think that there feels to me like there's a quality kind of divide somewhere between QPR and Hull um, around that area. And Millwall certainly belong in the top half of that. Um, it's too easy now to say that they will finish higher on the back of this easy run because I'm sorry to say Millwall fans, but Gary Rowett isn't going to lead you on a merry dance winning every single game to the end of the season. That's just not going to happen. And the chance of Jed Wallace leaving in January, I would say probably fairly likely. <clears throat> so in terms of higher or lower, I mean, I'd say about there. I'd say about the same, kind of around the 10th mark. And um, If I had to say either higher or lower, I'd probably say a little bit higher. But um, only because I could see Blackburn and Swansea maybe dropping off a little bit and Forest. Okay. And address City. <laughs> Right.
0: Well, there you go. So as as we predicted at the top of the pod, that batch of teams between third and, uh, and 14th causing us some problems in the higher or lower stakes. So don't read too much into it. Nottingham Forest up next, George. This is a Forest team that started the season very well, um, were picking up points, uh, notably away from home, were looking very solid defensively. They're on 34 points from 21 games. They've got a game in hand over the majority or rather every team around them because of a game that was called off against Reading. They have, at the same time, dropped some points recently in the style of a, of a Bristol City and a Fulham. They haven't won in four uh, with just two draws in that time. How would you rate Forest if I'd said to you in August they'd be eighth at this stage with a game in hand uh, and, and such a a tight group of teams as we've mentioned a few times before
1: seven not not eighth for eight <laughs> <laughs> uh no seventh i, th- I you know again the, the really good start to the season clouds somewhat the, the judgment here because i didn't have forest down as a promotion uh likelihoods um they have been for a few months and they're undergoing a difficult run of form but um uh, I'm, I'm concerned by the by the latest run of form because we, we always said that the the, the wins didn't feel particularly sustainable given the, the the tight nature of them and that is starting to play out at the moment. You know, Lamucci has had a lot of praise for his tactical Nelson games but recently that, I mean, he was he's had a couple of shockers as of late um, and I think he needs to stop tinkering and go back to the, you know, the setup that was getting them um, points in the first place. I'm um, they're, they're a team that I, I would have as lower. I, I think the slide they're on at the moment um is is probably going to be played out over the next few months not massively lower and i know that forest fans are still very much expectant now of a, of a playoff place i hope personally that lamucci is not going to be the next line of managers who's going to be sacked in february when they're 12th purely because he was uh you know managed to get a team playing well at the beginning of the season and it will be judged uh, against his own capabilities um but yeah, I'm, I'm. I've currently got. I mean, they've got enough quality in their team. Um, Grab and Lolly, Carvalho. Um, there, there's enough in there to uh, to be better than that. But maybe. Yeah, I think there are just seven or eight better teams.
0: Are Preston North End, one of them. They are in third place as we record.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think they're overperforming a bit at the moment. You'd have to give them a nine, for for the season so far. I will give them a nine if you say I have to give them a nine. You have to give them a nine. I'll so give them a nine. That's that.
0: Uh, nine for third.
1: Nine for third. (laughs) 93. Uh, And Alex Neal is doing a brilliant job, Um, you know, talking about managers of the season so far. He'd have to be on the shortlist. Um, I mean, it's going to be really tough for them to maintain this level of form. We've seen the four defeats in a row shows that, you know, they are a team who, um, you know, are are more than beatable for for a decent championship side. And that's something to be concerned about. Um, I'd definitely have them finishing lower than third at the end of the season. um, But... Yeah, I mean, if they can maintain this this level, if they can get into the top six, um, that would be a a decent season for them. A lot to enjoy about a lot of the individual
0: performance that have made up this team that clearly is better than the sum of its parts. Patrick Bauer being one of the signings of the season in the Championship, it's fair to say. Uh, An attacking cast of players that never tend to stand out as individuals for an extended length of time but who as a unit do create chances and do cause the opposition difficulties. I'm completely in agreement with everything you've said there George so we'll move on to QPR Queens Park Rangers in 13th place. It's a QPR side that had a very good start to the season certainly compared to expectations. There was a run of four wins in a row uh, at the end of August start of September and for a period it looked like they they could be a top half team where we did not expect them to to be one I would suggest that reality has bitten somewhat since the beginning of November they lost to Brentford at home in a game where I was disappointed with their performance and their ambition to be quite honest with you the problem that they had which everyone knew about was that they didn't keep a clean sheet until the 7th of December it was something like 25 games 24 games in all competitions and even in the good times it felt like that might hold them back actually they then kept two clean sheets in a row against QPR and Birmingham before conceding five against Barnsley so it, it's hard to say to what extent the defence has improved based on those two clean sheets and then five at Barnsley what we do know is that watching a very easy play football is a complete joy, a complete privilege for QPR fans and for us when we watch QPR. And if it sounds like I'm getting a bit emotional, that's because we had quite a big lunch and I've had a couple of beers since then. And talking so much is causing my uh, respiratory system to overload. So, George, I'm going to hand off onto you. Show
1: you the next five teams.
0: <laughs> Just do QPR for the moment. And we'll see how I go. I You've
1: done it so nicely, but I, but I, I didn't you, I give them. There.
0: But I didn't give them a rating out of ten. <laughs> okay, and I didn't give them a higher or lower. I'm,
1: I'm gonna give them the seven, and I'm going to give them a um, a lower uh, because they're, they're. I mean, one of the favourites to get relegated early this season, rightly so. They they can call on a. An, an, one of the best players in the league in a Berriese uh, hopefully they'll still be able to call on him come February the 1st because uh, if not it could be quite drastically lower um, I think it's it's too much to ask of a team who concedes so many goals to, to, to mount some kind of a playoff challenge because I, I don't see any reason why they're going to massively shore up at the back um, You know, any thoughts that they had done so were as you mentioned put, paid to at Oakwell um, a few days ago so yeah 7 out of 10 so far possibly even an 8 out of 10 um, because no, I'm, I'm I'm capping you at seven. Okay, seven out of ten. Going to finish lower than thirteenth.
0: What about Reading? Five. Five out of ten.
1: Uh, currently eighteenth position.
0: Would have been a lot lower if you. Well, Jose Gomsch. Josegomsch.
1: Jose Gomsch. Um We yeah. can't just do this whole bit <laughs> just saying his
0: name. That's the thing. Uh, but there, but I mean, as as discussed, I, I can't say, talk right now.
1: But one thing I would say is that. We've spoken a lot about, you know, how Mark Bowen has is, is, you know, done a good job and you, as you just mentioned, it'd be much worse a couple of a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago. They're not playing very well. Like they are in the midst of, of a pretty ropey run of run of form. In their last six games in the league, they've won just one, um, drawing two. So maybe the reason why Mark Bowen keeps coming out and just telling us how he wants to, his team to be nasty is so that we don't talk about the results, because the results aren't actually very good. So whilst you say that it would have been a lot worse a few, a few weeks ago, I don't think it would have been much worse. They're in a pretty similar position now as they were when when uh, Jose Gomez was sacked. Makes me think you're starting to rethink your five. No, out no, of I 10. think I think five is is totally fine. I mean, unless actually, given that Reading fans thought they were going to win the league at the beginning of the season, it's probably a one. George, um, don't be like that. Don't <laughs> no, because be like as I said, be, you know they were a team and still are a team whose first job is to avoid relegation. At the moment, they are doing that. Um, but the you know the performance of a manager who had them in 19th position was seen bad enough to be sacked. Um, Mark Bowen is doing an okay job, I guess. They're in a tricky run of form at the moment. Um, they were lucky to get a point at Barnsley having been absolutely battered until they got the equaliser. Um, a decent result at Stoke last time out, you have to say, a couple of home fixtures coming up. Um, I've seen a couple of Reading fans uh, suggesting who they think they should get in as manager, <laughs> suggesting that, you know, Bowen hasn't necessarily been completely welcomed um, into the hot seat still despite that really good start that he did make um, so five and I reckon I can probably lower
0: positives Swift and Ajaria, just mm. lovely lovely football players doing lovely lovely things in the centre of the park for Reading FC they've been missing recently so a reason why they haven't been playing very well but goodness me what a delightful group of individual footballers they are and what a difference they make to this Reading side. What about Sheffield Wednesday? I'm going to let you keep rolling here because I'm still I still need a bit more water before I'm back in full health, and also because you love talking about Sheffield Wednesday at the moment.
1: Yeah, I spoke about them so much. I mean, it's, yeah, five. So they're fifth. Um, I'm going to give them an eight for that. Um, it possibly should be more. It should. I mean, under Gary Monk, it's it's not far off a ten. Um, they've been absolutely superb now for a few weeks. Uh, a few concerns. I mean, it's just. Stephen Fletcher being one of the you know, most deadly strikers in the league was a, a plot twist I didn't really see coming this season. Um, and then Jordan Rhodes coming in from the wilderness to score a hat-trick was another one. Um, Monk has just got a bit of a Midas touch at the moment at uh, Hillsborough. And, you know, there have to be concerns that this normally happens with Monk and then um, a similarly terrible run is normally just, just around the corner. But... Um, I guess we have to say lower in terms of where they're going to finish because they have the threat of a big point deduction looming fairly soon. So it would be um, remiss of us not to mention that. Um, But yeah, I I think that at the moment they're in in decent shape. And And the um, summer
0: where they couldn't pay a fee for players, they probably had their best summer of recruitment in the last three seasons or so. So there you go. It's not always the size of the boat, but sometimes it's the motion of the ocean. Stoke City are up next. Now, Stoke are in the relegation zone, 22nd, with 18 points from 22 games. They've made a managerial change when Nathan Jones lost his job, having just two wins. Since then, three victories under Michael O'Neill, but also three defeats and one draw. Out of 10, is it a two? It's not
1: far off a one. Yeah, I think it's probably a two.
0: I think it's just about a two. Because of these three wins in the last seven games before recording, it can't be more than that. It cannot be more than that. We are not the only ones who, for a second season in a row, thought, yep, all sorted, all good, back in business at the Potteries. Stoke are the team to beat. It couldn't really have been more wrong. There's so many thousands of words that have been written and spoken about on this podcast and others about why things are so wrong at Stoke to what extent one blames various managers to what extent one blames various players to what extent one blames those at board level they're having a stinker of a season and the fact that they've picked up a few wins under Michael O'Neill I don't think means there a certainty to fly up the table I still think there are higher for us I still think no matter how much we've been burnt by Stoke we don't have them falling down into League One next season but my resolve with that has been chipped away at so much that I can't say it with any great degree of of convincingness convincingness so
1: secondly you couldn't you couldn't talk and now you can't speak correct okay fine so, 2
0: out of 10 for Stoke. Yeah. Very few positives and a final position of higher than 22nd. That's the re- that's the review of Stoke. We've got three teams left.
1: The first one, Swansea, 10th. Go. Swansea. Uh I mean this is very tough. I'm going to say a 7. It's basically the same. You can just replay Nottingham Forest and replace Sabri Lamushi with Steve Cooper. Um because it's the same thing where No one expected them necessarily to finish in the top seven or so early on in the season, especially with a rookie new manager. They lost McBurney, they lost Daniel James, they lost Graham Potter. The start of the season was absolutely extraordinary, which elevated them to a a position which no one expected. And now there are murmurs of discontent because they're currently in 10th position having occupied a a playoff berth. Um, This is exactly where Graham Potter had them. The fact that Cooper's got them in the same position deserves credit and not um, discredit. Uh, Do I think they'll finish any higher than this? No, I think it'll be 10th or or, or maybe a little bit lower. There are kind of worrying uh, gaps of quality for me. Um, If you take Ayu out especially, then in the final third, they don't really have much going for them. I'm a big fan of Grimes. Um, I'm a big fan of Roden. But, you know, these are are players who, you know, Roden's obviously got a lot of quality. Grimes is very tidy, but they need more quality in the final third, I think, really to trouble further up. But Cooper's certainly learning, and it's been a positive start to the season for them. Positive start of the season for the team, top of the league as well, hasn't it been?
0: Yeah, there's a title race, George, on our hands. It's between Leeds United and West Bromwich Albion. West Brom currently with the upper hand, with two points more after 22 games. And I think they get the advantage on the all-important NTT 20 rating out of 10 for the first half of their season. I think you gave Leeds an 8, and I'm happy to give West Brom a 9. It's not a 10. It's not a 10 because they are still somewhat vulnerable to opposition attacks. As a team, they are not particularly excellent defensively in a way that you would want your title-chasing team to be. The good news being that they are wonderful going forward, free-flowing with various different threats, most of them behind the striker. I'm looking at you, Matty Pereira, Grady Diangana, Matt Phillips... Behind him, Romain Sawyers, you beautiful man. man. And now through the middle, Charlie Austin picking up the slack left by Hal Robson-Carno, who was picking up the slack left by Charlie Austin. They're a fantastic attacking team. They have blown teams away with spells in games where the opposition just can't handle them. They've lost one game and it was a 1-0 defeat away to Leeds United. I think through 22 games, that really sums up how impressive this West Brom team have been. They are not by any means unbeatable. And we saw Birmingham give them a good scare. We saw Wigan give them a good scare recently. There's going to be games where they drop points, potentially lose the odd game from now on to the end of the season. But to me, the top two is fairly set. I think you said Leeds would finish higher. I agree with you that with 24 games left, Do I see Leeds making up a two-point gap? Yeah, I probably do. Do I see anyone else making up the 12-point gap that there is between third in Preston and West Brom now? Absolutely not. So I'll say West Brom lower, but it seems silly really because I'm anointing them promoted to the Premier League. So well done to West Brom. Well done to Leeds. That is crucial. You almost don't need to play the next 24 games of the season. Uh, Last but not least, Wigan Athletic, finish us off, George. It's been a marathon of pod recording. We went League 2, League 1, now Championship, and we finish with Wigan, who are on 18 points from 22 games in 23rd. A sad way to (coughs) finish.
1: Yeah, it's probably, a. I mean, it's a two or a three, isn't it, really? Um, I'm going to say a two um, because of the nature of some of the points that they've uh, given away because they've been poor for large swathes of the season. But they've also been quite good at times this season and only have been the architects of their own downfall uh, on too many occasions. In recent matches, you've got the Luton game where they um, were 1-0 up with five minutes to go, ended up with 10 men on the pitch and losing 2-1. You've got the West Brom game where they were the better team at home to the to the league leaders and their keeper wasn't looking when a Defender made a back pass which gave away an indirect free kick and they conceded from that. Um Paul Cook, I mean, the, the, the club are retaining faith in Paul Cook, which I think is the right thing to do. I think he has finally got the team playing up to a standard, which could see them pick up enough points to go further. So I would say they're going to finish higher than 23rd. I don't think much higher personally, but again, I, I think they have more about more than enough about them to finish higher than the likes of Luton. Um, but it's it's very difficult now. I mean, it's just, you feel like when they play badly, they lose. And when they play well, they lose. And that, that is what they have to change. They have to find a way to pick up points. In the way that under Struber, Barnsley, it feels like they're starting to find a way to make their good performances turn into actual points on the board. Wigan are unable to do that at the moment, but we'll see.
0: So is there a was there a higher or lower prediction? Yeah, I there? said higher. Great, okay.
1: Not well, much higher, but higher than 23rd. Not
0: much higher. Possibly 22nd and still relegated, but possibly safe. Mm. George, thank you so much thank for... You, Ali being part of this ntt20 christmas miracle and christmas marathon uh three leagues devoured and reviewed the first half of this season and somewhat of a preview for each team as well i've loved it i think you've loved it it's been emotional at times we're so grateful for your support all year round Uh, we've done over 100 podcasts in 2019 which is actually an amount that makes me feel physically ill But I've loved every minute of it. I know George has too. And we've especially enjoyed all of the wonderful opportunities that have come from us sitting down twice a week and sometimes more often and talking about the EFL. So if you've enjoyed any of it, however many you've listened to out of the 100 plus, um, we're very grateful for you. and We would hope that you continue to support us as hopefully we continue to grow. Happy Christmas.